Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. This is your host, Michael Clark. I'm thankful that you're taking some time to study the Bible with me. Whether you're folding laundry, doing the dishes, grading papers, doing homework, I don't know what you might be doing right now, and ultimately it doesn't matter. And you don't have to tell me, I don't really want to know anyways, but I am thankful that you're here with me today. We're closing out our season. We're going to be looking forward to next season, and I made the statement that I was going to announce what my next season was, but I'm currently debating between a few, so I'm going to hold off at the time that I'm recording this saying anything about what the next season will be. I apologize for making that claim and then not following through on it, but I've got a couple of different projects I'm currently working on, and I haven't made up my mind yet. But today, as we close out our summer, our, not our summer season, as we close out our fifth season, let's give some text takeaways from what we've discussed the last two weeks. Number one, will we see the value of yielding in our own lives? Will we yield like those in Hezekiah's time? Those in his time experienced six benefits of yielding, and those can be ours today if we yield to the Lord and his plan. You might be thinking, well, wait a minute, that's Old Testament law. How can that be ours today? The stuff that they had can be available to us today under the New Testament covenant if we follow it. All it took was them yielding, giving themselves over to him. We have to do the same. Elders need to yield to Jesus' path of shepherding and not their own. Deacons need to yield to service and not holding a title only. Members need to yield to the personal work that we all must do to help grow the body of Christ. Preachers need to yield to help the church grow by standing firm on the truth. This is how we quote-unquote fix the church. Each congregation that is struggling is very likely to be facing one or more of these problems, and If we can solve those, then outside of the body, people will want to be a part of our team, travel the same road with us. Isn't that amazing? You know, I watch every year different sports teams go on to win it all. And I think, what would it be like? Because it's never going to be my situation. But what would it be like to be the quarterback that throws the game-winning pass or to be the defensive player who gets the game-winning interception or fumble or sacks the quarterback to end the game like Aaron Donald did against the Bengals last season in the Super Bowl. And when I say last season, I mean 2021 season. What would that be like to be the hockey player holding the Stanley Cup over my head. And what if they called me up and said, we'll let you play with us. It's the game-winning, you know, the, the championship game. We want you to be on our team. And if we win, you're going to get all the same rights and privileges that we have. You know, in the NFL, and I believe every sport has something like this, I just don't know the the exact specifications of it, but in the NFL... Even if you're not on the team that wins the Super Bowl, 
if you go to a certain point with that team and then are cut or traded or whatever, you still get a ring. You still get a ring. You want people to be a part of our team? The team needs to look attractive then. And what I mean by that is there are several types of ways to win a football game, hockey, baseball, basketball, soccer, I guess. You know, sorry if you like soccer. It's not really my jam. All these types of things that are out there. There's different philosophies for how to win. But every team that doesn't win is a laughingstock among the others that are in their league. How many times have you heard somebody criticize the Detroit Lions in football, or you've heard them criticize the Cleveland Browns, the Jacksonville Jaguars are finally starting to do a little bit better. How about the Houston Texans, though? They're not doing so hot. Even teams that are somewhat successful and are not considered to be mediocre in the sense of they win games, they may not make it all the way to the Super Bowl, they are raked over the coals. Dallas Cowboys fans, I'm looking at you. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, I'm looking at us. People who are on the team for what? If you can't get over the hump and win it all, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. If we don't provide people with the thought that they'll win it all, what are we doing then? Why would anybody yield to God if they don't see people on our own team yielding to him. Will we yield like those in Hezekiah's time? What about Esther's time? Will we yield like Esther? We've talked about the idea that doing what's right is not always pleasant. It can cost us our friends, our family, financial success, and much more. It can make it seem like it's not worth it. Remember that what you and I do can make an eternal difference for countless others. Yield to the plan and watch as results come pouring in. We'll be, will we be the ones with excuses? If you and I look hard enough, we can always find a way to get out of yielding. When driving, we could justify it by saying, I can make it if I drive fast enough. And we've all probably been guilty of that on more than one occasion. But is that following the law, the sign or the law as it is written? Even if it makes our trip longer or causes more frustration, we should always be willing to do the work and not complain. There will be no excuses on the Day of Judgment. It will not consist of those who have yielded to Satan. It will not consist of those who have yielded to their family or friends, husbands or wives. It will consist to those who have yielded to God or haven't. That's what heaven will consist of. 
hell will have everyone else. So will we have the proper dedication, number two? Ah, you know, Jesus was dedicated. Picture him bearing the cross. That would be his ultimate demise. He's bloodied, he's bruised, he's exhausted, he's broken, he's struggling, and yet he's carrying it all the same. What an immaculate illustration of dedication. Dedication is necessary for yielding. We too have been given a command to deny ourselves and pick up our cross. I'm going to pull up one verse, and they basically all say the same, but we're going to reference more than just one verse, so forgive the typing. But in Matthew 10 and verse 38, as well as Matthew 16, 24, Mark 8, 34, Mark 10, 21, Luke 9, 23, and Luke 14, 27, we're told this, And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Do we really grasp what he was saying? Do we understand the mindset necessary to deny ourselves pick up our cross, and follow Him. The actions of our world, and sadly even the church, sometimes say otherwise. We don't deny ourselves nearly enough to justify being called as servants. We place other things above Him regularly. Luke 9 tells us as such, we place our family above God. Husbands, wives, we place our jobs over God. School and sports. Look, your kid will not go pro, more than likely. There's nothing wrong with enjoying track or basketball or any other sporting events that your kids want, so long as we understand the vital importance placed upon us to keep God first. I would have loved nothing more in life, secularly speaking, than to have made it to the NFL. What an accomplishment that is for the people who do that. Or to make it in basketball or hockey, which have smaller rosters. Or to be the best golfer even. To be considered the best at anything in sports. That wasn't in the cards for me. And that's okay. I can play any type of game when it comes to my religion, when it comes to my family, when it comes to my friends. But if I don't have the dedication that's necessary for yielding, none of those will work out. None of them. My family will suffer. My friends will suffer. My work will suffer. And I will suffer a loss of a relationship with my Lord. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Will we yield to God? I'll say this as we begin to close. Young people, parents, your children are about to have 
at least two months off of school. And they're going to go to Christian camps, and they're going to go to different youth activities among the congregation. They're going to be on fire for God more than you will see them at times throughout the year because they'll be surrounded on a daily basis with faithful people. And so yielding to God over the next few months will not be that difficult. But then August comes around. The school year starts back up. And then what? Now what do we do? If we're not careful, we will lose our kids. We will lose our loved ones because we will have lost our soul. Fathers, have the difficult conversations with your children, with your wife, with your family. Mothers, back up fathers. Help your husbands. Respect them. Work with them. Help lead the children in the path and pattern that God set forth. Children, obey your parents. But let's take it a step further. Obey God above all else. In the grand scheme of things, you're only home for about 18 years, give or take a few. And you're going to have to learn how to grow up and make your own decisions and be an adult when you turn 18 or when you're out of the house, whenever that time comes. And ultimately, mamas and daddies won't have any real rule over you anymore other than the fact that they brought you into the world and they can still probably take you out of it. Don't treat God like you sometimes treat your parents. Don't treat God like he just doesn't get it, like he just doesn't understand what it's like. No, he does. Hebrews 4 tells me he does. Jesus knows what we've gone through. God the Father knows what we go through because he sees it. He loves us. And he says, essentially, I can fix it if you'll just yield. Will we yield to God? Or will we expect God to yield to our will? Season 5 in the books. Hard to believe that next time we talk together in this fashion, it will be Season 6. I have enjoyed being able to be a part of of the Scattered Abroad Network. I am very thankful that these 106 episodes have been completed, and I'm looking forward to 21 more. And Lord willing, more beyond that. What's going to happen to you this summer? What's going to happen to you five years from now? I know what will happen if we live for God.
And so let's resolve to do that, to please God now so our eternity can be far better. See you in a couple months. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.